Hey, happy Monday. It's me, Kim, and I'm here with your glowing podcast to tell you it's it's coming. Christmas is coming in two weeks. <laughs> We're two weeks out right now. I have not purchased a single present. I had to think about that for a second. I was like, wait, did I? No, I did a lot of, I did a lot of Black Friday shopping, but I didn't buy any presents. We are behind. It, there's a lot going on over here, okay? <laughs> With this pregnancy, we're trying to get the girls' rooms squared away. January challenge coming up. I'm just like, can we, can we not do Christmas gifts this year? <laughs> no, I, I, we, we're gonna, and I have some ideas, but this is your reminder that there are two weeks until Christmas. Wait, is that right? Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Happy Monday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I, I did a recap last week of my bump date. And now here we are 27 weeks pregnant, the last week of my second trimester, <laughs> which means next week when we chat, I will be in my third, third trimester. That's wild to me. Wild. Oh, this is why I can't focus on Christmas gifts. I'm like, I'm growing a baby. We have to get a nursery ready, like home birth. Like what? I, yeah, my brain is not even in one piece right now. Okay. All right. But let's just focus on this present moment. Okay. Let's clear out the clutter. We are going to be talking a little bit about stress, about stress today. Wow. (laughs) Stumbling around my words here. Uh, yeah, we're talking a little bit about stress because I want to recap my pelvic floor visit with you and the pelvic floor is strangely connected to our stress levels, which we're going to get into in a little bit here. I know we talked a lot about stress last week, especially stress during the holiday season. And with my pelvic floor PT visit that I I learned a lot from and I want to share with you, combined with the holiday season, I was like, this is like perfect to talk about. And just, just a Maybe you're familiar with the pelvic floor or you're like, okay, I've heard this buzz. It's like a buzzword right now. Like a lot of my people I'm following are posting pelvic floor workouts. Like it's, it is, it's having a moment. The pelvic floor is having a moment right now. Um, so we're just going to like unpack that just in a very consumable way. And I, I really want to share my visit because I think it could help you if you're experiencing pelvic floor dysfunction, or if you think you might have some sort of issue going on down there, it can be really uncomfortable to talk about. So (laughs) I went and had to visit (laughs) to like, kind of like break the ice for all of us. And I'll share with you what went down, but first let's get into um, everything, everything else (laughs) watches. Here's what I watched this week. I watched a new movie on Netflix. This is really my only watch of the week. And I watched it with the girls. It's called Family Switch with Jennifer Garner and Ed Helms, who is like, um, oh my gosh, he's in so many movies. He's in Meet the Millers. (laughs) That's the only one I can think of right now. But uh, we watched it with the girls. We had, I showed them the preview like weeks ago and it came out last 
Thursday, I want to say. Maybe, no, maybe like a week and a half ago. But either way, they were excited to watch it. And I was surprised because they're at like a tricky age where it's hard to keep their interest if there's no cartoons and there's no like singing or dancing in it. So they were into it though. They were Ayla, Rosie, and even Blake. And they were like laughing a few times. They would be like, wait, I don't get it. What's going on? Like they didn't understand the dynamic of the conversation, (laughs) but for the most part, like they really liked it. It was, it's a silly movie. I was laughing. It's cute. Netflix. Um, it's a Christmas movie about, it's basically Freaky Friday with the whole family. The mom switches with the daughter, the son switches with the father, the baby and the dog switch bodies. And they have to like work together <laughs> and understand what it's like to be the other person in order to switch back. But it was cute. Silly. Oh my gosh. Me and Justin. <laughs> I was like rolling my eyes. Christmas movies, some of them can be like so ridiculous. Like just for example, not to like spoil anything, but on Christmas morning, they get a knock on their window. I don't even think someone knocked on the door. This person knocks on their window Christmas morning to give them a gift on Christmas morning, (laughs) the neighbor girl or whoever. And then they also get another knock on the door from like a soccer coach. It's just like, it's literally Christmas morning. <laughs> this is not real life. Oh, it's just, I know the movie was obviously ridiculous and was not real life, but the ending, I was just like, oh my gosh, all these like, just unrealistic, just <laughs> craziness. Anyways, we did like it. The girls have watched it, I think two times now. And yeah, they still think it's funny. Um, other than that, honestly, that's it. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. I watched one other thing. One other thing. Unboxing Sheen on Hulu. It's, I think it wasn't like a dateline, but it, it was some sort of, like it was on the news. It must've been like a news, like dateline. It was one of those type of things because <laughs> I love, you know, I like documentaries, but when you hear a news reporter doing a documentary, it's like, This week, we're unboxing Sheen, and we're discovering the unknown world of fast fashion. Like, I just don't like the tone of it. It just is, it it, it could be so much better. Like, it could have been so much better. It's a quick watch, though. I think it was under 40 minutes, and it did talk about fast fashion, um, Sheen specifically. So basically, I have never ordered anything from Sheen, and nothing against anyone who who has, because I feel like everyone I know has ordered something from Sheen, whether it's like a dress for an event or just like affordable tops. You can buy a shirt for under a dollar. You can get a dress for under $2. Like I'm aware, but I just have never had the courage to order something because I, I just assumed the quality wouldn't be good. I don't know. I, mm, I, I was never sold on it. Anyways, it's a, it's a huge thing. I, I know you've heard about it, but I really didn't understand the scale of how much clothes they are producing. So to give you an example, like H&M and Zara are also known for their fast fashion, which is basically like picking up on trends really early and pushing them out really fast only to have those all replaced by new trends weeks later. I get it. But 
Zara and H&M, they have per year, per calendar year, they have between 25,000 items and like 30, 35,000 items, let's say. So basically under 40,000 items a year total in the whole store, which I'm like, that's a lot. Honestly, I feel like it could be more because I think of each department, each like, yeah, like the, the kids department, men's, women's, and then like the shoes and the accessories. So but we're thinking like 40,000 items, right? Um, Sheen puts out 1 million items a year, a million <laughs> different products. So I didn't realize that they were that vast. And also like that's, I think, one of the things that has stopped me from shopping on their website. It just seems so overwhelming. Like, there's so much to, there's not a million at one time on the website. I do want to just say that. It's usually, you know, like seasonally or like every few weeks, it's just changing, changing, changing. All right. So that, that I learned. I also learned, and I knew this, that clothes aren't really like being recycled. They're just going to landfills or being incinerated. And, you know, pollution, global warming, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a lot of concerns about that. But to put it in perspective, every one second, every one second that passes, an entire dump truck of clothes is being added to a landfill or incinerated. Every one second. So, like, the time I've been talking now, it's like 20 dump trucks of clothes gone. Just, oof. Oh man, it's crazy. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot to take on, but and like stuff like this, like huge issues. Like I don't like to think about it that much because it stresses me out. I'm like, I can only do so much as one single person and not that I'm trying to like solve this issue. It's just like, you feel the weight of it. So anyways, I watched it. It was interesting. Um, they had people from Sheen or pe- designers from Sheen on it, but also people that don't support it. There was just like a lot of different perspectives brought in. And it was interesting for me. I, I liked learning about it. I still don't think I'm going to order anything from them <laughs> anytime soon. Um, let this be your just weekly reminder to shop small, maybe for the holiday season, like go to a local boutique or a local store or or thrift. Ooh, should we thrift our Christmas gifts this year? Because I actually, this weekend, I did go to a women's, what is it called? Like a ladies night at my church and everyone brought a gift and somebody thrifted their entire gift. It was this little gift basket with a teapot, like a cute little teapot. And I think there was like a mug in there, a tea towel. And she said she thrifted each piece individually. And I just thought that was so special like it was such and it was such a cute gift when I say teapot it wasn't like a white porcelain it was like a it looked like it was made out of clay very interesting and cute and unique and I I just appreciate stuff like that maybe it's my age right now like or like now watching this fast fashion documentary uh I I'm like do do I want to go sort of for thrifting. I I miss thrift shopping. I used to do it before I had kids very frequently, not very frequently, but like I I really had time for it. I enjoyed it. I liked just scoping out like, Oh, I'm going to run into the thrift store. See if like there's anything good. 
now I just don't have the time for it. Or if the girls are with me, it's chaos. Uh, and then please tell me if you can relate to this. I, have you been in a thrift store recently or Goodwill? And that stuff is overpriced. I'm just going to say it. I can get, I can get kids clothes on clearance at Target brand new with the tags for one or $2 for a shirt or pants. At the thrift store, they're trying to sell that stuff for like four or five used, like heavily used, not like gently worn. So it's tricky. you got to find like the right stores. I guess some are better than others in terms of like how they price things. I like thrift stores for furniture, for like bigger items. And then kids clothes, I mean, are great if you can find a good consignment store and if they're pricing it right. <laughs> we could have a whole nother talk on consignment and thrifting. That would be fun. But yeah, so maybe consider thrifting some gifts this year. If you have the time, just spend like an afternoon at the thrift store and just knock out your whole gift, <laughs> your whole wish, your gift list right there. Okay, moving on. I wanted to talk about, well, we're going to do a pregnancy update, you know, on Wednesday. So we'll, we'll save all that stuff. But I... My skin has been just, I feel like it's lacking recently, honestly. So I took out my, I have these little like cupping face sculpting tools that I broke out. I've only used them once. I'm like, I should probably make this part of my routine or at least like a couple nights a week. And I grabbed my 24 hour, no, 24 seven power stripe. It's a little, it's another eye stick from Tula that is just really focused on like the nourishing and brightening tightening and it's not so much like the rose glow and get it adds a little highlight and yeah this one is you can put it on at night you don't feel like you're putting on makeup it's it's just for nourishment so I've been trying to add that in I just wanted to share that I'm like is this pregnancy am I not getting enough sleep am I not getting enough water like what's going on with my skin it's so hard to pinpoint so we're navigating that. And those are a couple of things I've been doing. And for workouts, a little workout update. I have not been following my schedule, which part of me, not that I stress about it, but I, I, there's a certain level of pleasure I get out of completing the workouts in the order on the days in the calendar. Like having that accountability and being able to be like, check, check, check. And then in my app, I can see that they're all marked as complete and I get all these blue check marks. Like it just feels so satisfying, but I've paused my fit. I'm talking about my fit pregnancy program. I'm on my week 27 now, but I would all last week I was filming for the new January challenge, which is coming up. So I was off my schedule. My blue check marks aren't checking. <laughs> I mean, and I, Honestly, like part of me wanted to like go back and also do those workouts, but my body's like, no, honey. <laughs> and no, 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 we are, we already did our workouts. You don't need to. Mm -mm. And I'm sad because I'm on my final week of second trimester schedule. And then we move on to third try, third trimester. So it's new workouts, new schedule, which is exciting. Ah, I just feel like it's going so fast. Okay. All right, moving on. Oh, so I'll share more information about the challenge. Actually, I might have the link ready to go down below 24. It's the challenge of the new year. We are starting January 1st. It's a Monday, which just feels so good to start a new week 
start a new year on the first day of the week. For me, my weeks start on Mondays. I don't know about you. Maybe it's a Sunday, but this year it's a Monday and we are kicking it off with four weeks of workouts, which will lead right into Glow Retreat. It'll be our party, our celebration for kicking off the new year, completing the 24 challenge. It's just so much to look forward to. And I'm so excited, but I also like slow down time. My goodness. Okay. Let's get into this episode. We, I really wanted to, to break this down pelvic floor into bite-sized pieces. I don't want to use that word bite when I'm talking about the pelvic floor, but like, what is it? What do we need to know? Simplify this Kim, because I don't want to get a degree in anatomy and in physiology and science. Like, just tell me what I need to know. Okay. Just tell me what I need to know. Here's what you need to know. Um, pelvic floor, right? So I learned about this honestly, probably my second pregnancy when I was pregnant with Rosie and I was really more focused on prenatal fitness and I was getting my certification and I feel like the pelvic floor movement, right? We said the pelvic floor is having a moment. I feel like I was part of it when it started because it really, it really happened on social media. That's where everything happens now. But I feel like the whole fitness community, we were all starting to get pregnant around the same time and learn these parts of our bodies that we've never had to focus on before. We've never had to do a pelvic floor workout. Like no, no one was doing that until we started having kids and all of us fitness coaches were, we were utilizing these exercises and these workouts because we knew how important they were for our core, especially, you know, during pregnancy and postpartum and then sharing them online And that's how the buzz got started, at least in my world. Like that is, that's how it got started. I feel like I was ahead of it. I'm just kind of giving myself some credit. I'm like, I feel like I was ahead of a trend for once in my life. (laughs) All right. So pelvic floor, what actually is it? It is a complex set of muscles. So it's not one singular muscle. It is multiple ligaments, tissues, and nerves that stretch like a hammock from your pubic bone, you can reach down and touch the front of your pubic bone right there. From your pubic bone to the tailbone, it makes a little baby hammock, literally like for your baby when you're pregnant, the baby is in that hammock from pubic bone to tailbone and between the sits bones. So from side to side, and you can feel all of these bones. So your pubic bones in the front, tailbone, obviously maybe you can't feel right up to the tip of it. And then your sits bones, if you're sitting down on a hard surface, this could be kind of hard to do on a couch, but you can put your hand right under your booty cheek and you can feel one big bone on the left and one big bone on the right. So our pelvic floor makes this hammock like net down there. And it is the base of our core. It's the foundation. If you look at a picture of it, it'd be really overwhelming. And it's one of those muscles that is not in plain sight. We can't see this. You can't hardly look down there and get an idea. And you also like, it's hard to make that mind muscle connection. It's it's difficult. It does take practice. So what does your pelvic floor do? It has five major functions now that we know what it is. Uh, let's talk about what it actually does. So it controls sexual function. So for comfortable intercourse and strong, pleasurable. Okay. I'm sorry if there's kids around. 
<laughs> your pelvic floor needs to be able to both contract and relax properly. So if you're having pain during Shenzhen time, okay, it could be pelvic floor related. All right. Then we have support your pelvic floor muscles, hold up your vagina, uterus, bladder, and bowels. So if they're too weak, things will literally start to go south. Like we can have prolapse if your pelvic floor is not at the level of strength we need it to be. So we see this a lot during pregnancy and postpartum. Okay. So stability is next. Your abs and pelvic floor work together to stabilize your lower back, your hips, and your pelvis. So if you're having some lower back pain or a hip ache, even if it's just on one side, like that could be pelvic floor related. All, everything is connected down there and, or it could be like so many things. So let me just move on. So that's one, two, three. We got sexual function, support, stability. And then we got two more bladder and bowel control. So a strong, flexible and coordinated pelvic floor prevents bladder and bowel leaks like incontinence. So if you're peeing a little bit when you laugh or cough or sneeze or jump, that is a pelvic floor dysfunction. Also, also, this isn't listed, but constipation. Constipation could be pelvic floor dysfunction. So if you're someone who struggles with constipation regularly, I would highly recommend looking into a pelvic floor PT. Okay. Moving on. Last one is circulation. The pelvic floor acts as a pump for blood and lymph moving fluid in and out of the abdomen and pelvis, which boosts circulation, decreases swelling and bloating, which I'm going to get to all this because like bloating and constipation and like things like that, like even like back pain, like you don't think to associate that with pelvic floor, but guess what? it's associated. <laughs> okay. So and let's just talk about facts. Cause I really want to normalize pelvic floor issues. Not, not so much normalize them, but just show you how common that they are. And that a lot of people suffer in silence. A lot of women suffer in silence about different pelvic floor issues because they're either embarrassed. They don't know that it's a problem or they, they just like adapt to it. A lot of us laugh it off. We make a whole joke about peeing our pants because we're moms and it's like, Oh, it's just like a funny thing. These are issues that can be corrected and should be looked at. So one in five women have chronic painful sex. One in five women. That's a lot. One in three adult women experience incontinence, which remember that's leaking, um, peeing a little bit when you laugh, cough, sneeze, jump, run. And then one in two menopausal women suffer from vaginal atrophy. One in two. All right. So pelvic floor health, I think we're going to be the generation that turns this ship around because we are taking the time to learn this stuff and we are taking the steps to correct it. Okay. So so now we have an idea, right? We, we, we're understanding what's going on. I went to the pelvic floor specialist because this is my fourth pregnancy. And I actually did have a little bit of incontinence when I had this terrible cough. Remember when I was sick back in October and I was <laughs> coughing so much, even like recording a podcast episode or a workout was 
Oh my gosh. I would have to like not cough. And it, it was so hard to hold it back. Um, also when I would cough, it was so powerful. Like I felt like I was, I would go into like a coughing fit. I'm sorry. This is like really descriptive. Just stay with me here. I would cough and cough and cough. And I felt like I had to get something out of me, out of my lungs and my chest, but I was pushing so hard during these coughs. It was causing a lot of pressure and I would leak a little bit, just a little bit, not like a con- alarming amount, but enough that I was like, oh my gosh. And I, and I know how to cough while bracing my pelvic floor with this. So I don't have that issue and I couldn't do it because my coughing was so hard. So luckily the coughing is gone. The issue is gone. And I had this pelvic floor visit, honestly, just in preparation for, for birth labor and just to make sure I'm doing everything right, because I know I am doing these workouts all the time. I also, you know, I'm talking about it, teaching about it. And I'm like, I want to make sure for myself that I know I'm engaging my core properly. And I just, I want, I want another set of eyes on my body and I want an expert and I want, I just want to further my knowledge because we all know knowledge is power. So I made this appointment and I knew the girl. So it can be a little tricky to find a pelvic floor PT is very specialized Thing. So I would start by asking around if, if you're looking for someone in your area, you could, you could ask, you know, your doctor, your healthcare provider, your OBGYN, like those sorts of people. But you could also ask people that, you know, friends, maybe, you know, like a, you have a friend that's a nurse or a friend that's a PT and be like, Hey, I'm looking at a pelvic floor PT. Do you have any recommendations? I like to find recommendations through my friends or people that I have a a relationship like that over like a doctor, unless it's a really trusted doctor that like, they're like, this is who I go to, or this is my favorite, or this is my recommendation. Um, so the girl I found was through my chiropractor. I had also met her at the June event. I did a live workout at, it was a women's summit. Was it a summit a work, workshop? I forget what the name of it was, but I did a workout and then she did a pelvic floor, um, kind of like a workout, just like a one-on-one pelvic floor one-on-one. And we did some exercises with her. So I got to meet her there. And then we had been chatting all fall trying to get an appointment. I finally went in and my appointment was a little bit different than maybe your initial appointment would be. So once you find somebody, All right. You want to make sure you feel comfortable because a lot of the times there will be an internal exam. Mm -hmm. They need to get in there because they want to better assess your pelvic floor. And like I said, is not something you can see from the outside of your body. (laughs) And, And if it is that like, you know, what part of the body they're looking at between your pubic bone and your tailbone, Mm -hmm. it's, it feels like it just, it seems like such an invasive thing, but it's, it's important. Just like getting your regular lady doctor appointments in, this is just as important. I want you to think of it that way. Okay. So anyways, my example, I did not have anything internal because I, where I am at in my pregnancy, we can start to do um, other internal assessments and exercises when I reach full term. And that is more for like labor prep. And then we'll do some after the baby comes out. But 
for, for my visit, I just want to talk about what happened. So I got in there. Her name's Erin, Warrior Physical Therapy. I can tag her below. She, we just started talking about pregnancy. She's like, so how's your pregnancy going? And I thought she was making small talk because I know her, <laughs> but she was listening for pregnancy symptoms that are related to the pelvic floor that I wasn't aware of. She was listening for like, if I've been constipated or, you know, the back pain that we talked about, uh, painful sex, just all, all of those other things that could all like one person could think, Oh, this is, you know, I'm pregnant. So that's normal. Is it, or could it be corrected? Maybe it's normal. Maybe it's common, but it could be corrected through pelvic floor physical therapy. So she was listening for that. And then we talked about birth prep and I was like, wow, I didn't realize I was here (laughs) so much for like home birth laboring positions. That's what we talked about like a lot actually. And she sent me some more recommendations after I left. So I'll have to share those maybe in one of the upcoming episodes, but we went over that. And then I realized that's in the, it was that moment in the appointment that I realized I was there for preventative health. And that's something I don't often do. And I think we're all guilty of this is we only go to a doctor or make an appointment or find the physical therapist when the issue has gotten too far, right? Like we always wait until like, oh, this is like, I can't, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Like we wait until it's really bad to go get it fixed versus me going in not with no issues and just knowing like what's coming up next, <laughs> you know, I am about to have a baby uh, and, and doing the preventative steps. So I'm really proud of myself. I'm like, oh, I like being preventative. I typically don't do this, <laughs> but it feels good. It feels good. And I know I'm going to be better able to have a confident birth and labor and do the preventative things so that postpartum will be smooth sailing. You know, you can only do so much because you can't really don't know how that labor is going to go. But if you're doing all the, all the right things, it's, it's just going to set you up for an easier recovery. Okay. So we did that. And then we did some breathing exercises. So I practiced breathing in and we can do this together. So she really wanted me to focus on, okay, so she explains like this. You want your vagina and your rectum to be like a flower. So when you breathe in, filling the belly, so take a deep breath in from the bottom, you want to picture that flower blooming out because it's filling with air. So breathe in, belly is full, pelvic floor is blooming And then on the exhale, that flower contracts and comes back in. Then we're engaging our lower abdomen, that transverse abdominis, that corset muscle wrapping from hip to hip, all the way up, kind of like you're zipping up a jacket up to your rib cage. And then gently release, breathing in, letting the pelvic floor blossom. And then repeating. So it's a lot. I'm like... I mean, I do this, I do this all the time and just having her like watching me and having her hands on my core, like she had them right inside my hip bone. Cause that's a great place. If you're having trouble connecting with your deep core, you put your fingertips right inside your hip bone and do that breathing again. 
on that exhale, when you contract, wrapping hip to hip, you can really feel the transverse abdominis or TVA engage. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to be a workout for you right now. Uh, so <laughs> we practiced that and she did one of the tips she gave me is that to maintain proper lower core engagement, you don't want to focus too much on the rib cage or rib flare. So that was one, one takeaway that I brought with me. Um, okay. Next. Uh, what else did we do? Oh, I told her like my left hip and back area was kind of bothering me and she took out some cupping materials, which I thought was so funny because I had just done that on my face and she started doing it on my back. She also did some muscle release. It felt amazing. And I literally haven't had any issues since. So even if I just went for that alone, like that's amazing. Um, and I plan to go back in a few weeks, probably like in the new year, just to do like more labor prep and a check-in and address any other aches and pains that are going on. Oh, and she also had me do one exercise that I am excited to incorporate into a lower body workout. It's just more glute engagement, uh, for me specifically on the left side, but you could do it on, obviously I'm going to be doing it on both sides, but it's just to help fire up the glute because when we're pregnant, this is getting all anatomy on you. I'm sorry, but your core is compromised because it's growing a baby. Now it's holding in a baby and it can't support your spine in the way that it normally does. So guess what takes over your hip flexors. And when your hip flexors take over, they can't do their normal job. So guess what takes over the hip flexors job? Yeah. Glutes. Like it's just a chain of re a chain reaction. And it's just all in that hip, back, core, pelvic floor area. Just everything is, is going through it right now. This is to the max. Like we are pushing our bodies physically to the max during pregnancy. And I'm not even talking about workout. I'm talking about just like life. All right. This episode's getting a little long. So I want to wrap it up. Wrap it up. So my appointment was great. I, like I started saying, like find someone recommendations. I would look for word of mouth recommendations, maybe in a Facebook group, you could reach out and be like, Hey, has anyone visited pelvic floor specialist? I'm looking for recommendations. Um, there's a couple in Sarasota and I ended up going with Erin just because I had, I knew her, but sometimes I feel like that could be uncomfortable. Like maybe if it's someone, you know, and you don't want them doing that internal exam, like you prefer a stranger. So you know, word of mouth, let's find some recommendations. So how do you know though, if you should go? Cause if you're, let's say you're not pregnant, you're not having any issues. You're not newly postpartum. You don't have any kids or I don't know what the case may be, but let's say you're not having any issues. Is there a reason to go? Maybe if you didn't have any of those issues, I guess no, but you could go just as like a kind of like a checkup for yourself. Like a, Hey, I heard about pelvic floor health. I want to make sure I'm on track. I'm engaging my core properly. I don't have issues in the future. I don't want to be that one in three women or one in two. Like I want to be the person who doesn't, <laughs> I want to be the, the two. I don't want to be the one. I want to be the person it doesn't happen to. All right. But here's some other reasons to go. We kind of already talked about like, you know, pelvic floor function, but if you notice these symptoms, Specifically, you might have pelvic floor dysfunction. So heaviness, if you feel heavy down there, that could be caused by 
poorly supported pelvic organs. Um, it's also a sign of prolapse. That's when you should go. If you're leaking urine, so the incontinence. Or not being able to hold in gas or poop. That is a symptom of incontinence as well. Um, feeling like you have to pee unreasonably often or... Um, yeah, if you, if, if you have to go and you have to go right now, like that super urgent, like I can't hold this, that's another type of incontinence. Um, the pain during intercourse or inserting a tampon that those two things kind of go together are reasons to go to a pelvic core PT. And then the last one is pain in any part of your pelvis, including your vulva, vagina, or bladder. Yeah. So down there pains. We got to get those taken care of. Um, it is most common during pregnancy after childbirth. Even if you had a C-section, listen, I just want to make that clear. Even if you had a C-section, your pelvic floor was still affected during your entire pregnancy. And then now that your core, you know, you, you've just had this major surgery and your core is recovering. It still could require a pelvic floor physical therapist. And then Menopause and perimenopause are great times to go and just do a check-in and just prepare yourself. Get ready. You want to be in that preventative state, right? You don't want to have to go when it's too late and we're all struggling. Um, And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was stress, (laughs) which I, again, it could be a whole other episode, but basically our pelvic floors hold a lot of stress. There are a lot of nerves in our pelvic floor a lot. So we all know our nervous system, right? It's kind of like an alarm system in our bodies where it, it'll send off a signal that something is wrong and it affects our nerves. So under stress, your nervous system becomes extra sensitive. So on a, on a calm, peaceful day, your alarm system is set to normal and like it could be kind of windy outside, but you're calm and like it's not until someone's breaking in and it's like stress, stress, alert, alert, alarm, alarm. But when you're, that's when you're calm. If you're stressed out because the holidays are coming and there's a lot going on and you're about to have a baby and your kids are acting crazy and you forgot to bake the cookies for the thing and you didn't get the kids dresses yet for their event and you're <laughs> just like describing my life right now, but you're super stressed out and like the wind blows and some leaves go by that could set off your alarm system but it's but it's not stressful like we actually need to try and find that calm state so that's why we're going to go back to last week's episode if you're experiencing stress take some deep breaths okay so stress how it's related to your pelvic floor stress increases muscle tightness in our pelvic floor have you ever noticed like if you're angry or you're upset or nervous you might hold your breath or clenched your jaw with aggravation. (laughs) That is happening to your pelvic floor as well, to those muscles. It can cause pain and dysfunction by decreasing blood flow, decreasing circulation. You might not even be aware that you're holding tension in your pelvic floor, but it can actually be more sensitive to stress because it's such a rich network of nerves down there is very affected. So next time you're feeling a little angry or frustrated or stressed out or 
like you're gonna, your top is gonna pop. <laughs> Take a deep breath and think of that flower blossoming. Okay. So that's, that's the last thing I wanted to touch on was the stress and you, you got this, but I just wanted to have that awareness that I wanted to put that little reminder in your ear that you are carrying tension down there. And this time of year can be very stressful. (laughs) So we're going to do lots of deep flower breaths. That's what we're going to call it from now on. Blossom breaths. (laughs) In and out. All right. Thank you for joining me. This is a long one, but I appreciate you being here. I hope you learned something today. Pelvic Floor 101. And I will see you next week. Or I'll see you on bump day. See you on bump day. Two weeks till Christmas. Bye.